Welcome with me, if you would, Dan, the Animal Man. All right. Thanks, brother. All right, man. All right. Woo! Wow, what a nice group tonight. Thanks for uh, inviting me back, despite my disclaimer last year. Remember that? If you were here, I set your minds at ease when I first stepped onto the stage. And I said, don't worry, you don't have to be a back row Baptist tonight (laughs) because I didn't bring a snake. That was last year. I've already had two requests to find out what the lineup was this evening because of fear of a snake. I told you last year that if you invited me back, you're fair game. Now, typically I'd say, maybe that's why everybody doesn't invite me back. (laughs) But you did. (laughs) So for you back row Baptists, during my presentation, as long as you're obeying the two rules, sitting still and being quiet during my presentation, that is a must. If you have children that like to stray away, I have a couple extra leashes up here that my son Logan, who's assisting me tonight, will pass out if you need them. Um, Yeah, it's that big word called liability. That's right. You know, I'm responsible for everybody here tonight. So while the presentation is in full swing and I have a creature out, I just ask you to remain seated because I have a habit in, in my presentation to come out into the audience because I like to make the back row the front row. That's right. Now, when and if I do make it out into the aisle, please don't ever reach out to one of these creatures. Any animal that has a mouth can do what? (laughs) Yeah, a quick group tonight. All right. Good deal. We're going to be safe. Yeah, don't worry. Your safety's in my hands and I am a professional. And besides, I'm fully licensed and insured, so don't worry, we'll be okay. Plenty of exits over here, over here. I wouldn't go this way. They typically go back to where they came from. Now, we're going to have a great time, but really, seriously, safety is all very, very important. These creatures that you're about to experience, they're not my pets. They're, they don't live in my house. They don't belong in someone's house. These creatures are wild, exotic animals. They really belong out in the wild. That's where they really belong, but that would entail a perfect world. And we know we're far from a perfect world. These creatures, they're used to doing this, but you know, they're still animals, wild animals. So please respect them. When I come down into the audience, don't, don't ever reach, don't even wave at them. They don't know what you're talking about. It's, they're not going to be like, hi, Julie. <laughs> hi, Jimmy. <laughs> they, don't, they don't know that. Okay. All they know is they don't know you. And there's a lot more of you than Logan and I. <laughs> okay. Yeah, they do. They feel comfortable with us. Logan, could you come out here and just wave at everybody so they know that you're a part of the show? Yeah, good deal. This is my son, Logan. Okay, that's enough. (laughs) You'll get your turn. (laughs) Uh, He's one of five blessings that my wife Debbie and I have. Uh, We have Taylor, the oldest. Uh, He's uh, 13. He is 10. Rachel, my daughter, is 12. Um, Ethan, he's two and a half. And Madison is a year and a half. So very blessed. Um, No, these creatures don't live in our house. They don't belong in somebody's house. These creatures are rescues from people that had them sometimes as pets. Some of the animals come from zoos. I work with all kinds of zoos all across the country. SeaWorld, Busch Gardens, Jack Hanna, Columbus Zoo, just to name a few. I do lots of cool things. But tonight, you're going to experience the most important part of my career. 
And that's when I openly and unabashedly share Jesus Christ through not only his word, but his creation. So join me in prayer before we get started. Lord Jesus, thank you for the opportunity to to reach the masses tonight, Lord. Um, You give me this chance um, a few times a year, and I love it just like I love the the smallest of presentations. Um, For instance, Hockey Ministries International, just this week, reaching out through sports. We were able to reach so many for Christ this week alone, and and they're going to be all over the country with that camp, Lord. I just lift them up to you, Lord, because, Lord, this is what it's about. It's about sharing your truth, not only through your creation, but through the most important book that we could ever read, your handbook for our life, the Bible. Thank you for that and and the guidance it gives us and the, the power it has to transform our hearts to be more familiar to your eyes. Lord Jesus, I pray that eyes will see and ears will hear your truth tonight, proclaimed by just a guy with a cool job who loves you and wants to be used by you as you use these animals to bring glory to you. So Lord, I pray that those that don't know you tonight may be stirred and turned in a different kind of way. And although they'll hear the same message that is preached in pulpits all around the country, they'll just hear it in a, in a different kind of way tonight. Same message, the truth about your grace. Lord, we thank you for the cross and what it means to those who believe what you did on that cross. And then you defeated death on the third day. We thank you most of all for that. Lord Jesus, use me to your glory tonight. In your name we pray, amen. All right, we're starting out in Africa. Yes, love Africa. Very diverse place in the world. It's a place that um, has a lot of creatures. If you remember last year, I started out in Africa. Anybody remember that giant creature I brought from Africa last year? Who, say it. An alligator? Well, no, good guess, but the crocodiles come from Africa. We had a a big old alligator here last year. It comes from America, right? What was the first animal last year? Anybody remember that? Oh, come on. You you don't, this is a, we started out with a bang last year. Yes. Yes, a giant porcupine from Africa. Now, I'm going to remind you of her a little bit later because I want to talk to you about something that um, I couldn't find a picture um, of her, and I I really couldn't bring her tonight. So I want to come back to her later. But we're going to see an animal, not quite like the porcupine. The porcupine was the largest type of its kind in the world. This is the third largest type, what we're starting out with tonight. But it is an animal from Africa that, like the porcupine, lives in a very hostile environment, a place where it has to protect itself from lots of predators. This creature here... Is nowhere near full grown. Wow. He's about 58 pounds. God, thanks, buddy. Wow, he's about 58 pounds. What is this? A turtle? Now, most people always say a turtle. No, this is a tortoise. This is his tribute to Michael Jackson. <laughs> he's, a, he's quite the moonwalker. Um, Now, back to the turtle tortoise. This guy, he's not a turtle, he's a tortoise. You don't wanna do what you do with turtles, okay? Most turtles go in the water. This creature, if you stick him in the water over his head, he's gonna drown. 
Yeah, this guy, he's not a big swimmer. No, he's very dense and thick, very heavy creature, not designed for water. God designed him to be what's called terrestrial. Just a fancy way of saying ground dwelling. He's terrestrial. God designed him to live on the ground, not to swim and not to climb in trees. He's designed to protect himself. You see, because like the porcupine, the porcupine gets in a bit of a hot seat during the during the drought. You see, lions, leopards, cheetahs, hyenas, they eat, they eat all kinds of animals that will migrate out of the territory during the drought. Well, what do those lions, leopards, cheetahs, hyenas turn to to eat? A lot more smaller items. They expand their territory and they will encompass more creatures of a smaller value than a zebra or a gazelle or a wildebeest, okay? So this creature, he is even in danger, not only from all those predators trying to make him a meal, but also from his own kind. You see, Franklin, (laughs) that's my kids for you. They named him Franklin. He's Franklin, again, the tortoise, not Franklin the turtle. Franklin here, he's a male, So he's in a little bit of a a tough spot out in the wild. You see, male tortoises, they fight for territory. But God prepared them for that fallen world, that world of hostility due to that original problem that we have. The original problem that causes death and destruction in in our world. What's that terrible disease that we all have? Sin. Yeah, it's a spiritual disease called sin. And because of that, God knew that Adam and Eve were going to mess up, my friends, because he's all knowing. We just sang it out to him. Wasn't that so cute? Oh, man, I was back there singing along with him. That was great. I like the part where, you know, there's no monkey in my family tree. (laughs) That's true. It's what the Bible says, right? This creature here, God designed to protect himself because of the territory clash. If he comes across another male tortoise in the wild, they will charge each other, much like this. <laughs> they'll get close enough and then they'll ram each other. Ugh. They try to hook each other right here in the shell. See the shell part right here? The shell part right here? They will try to hook each other right here with the sh- in the shell with this. Check this out. See this right here? Look at that. That's his weapon. That's called a goyular scoop. That is a fork. Watch over here and I'll scan him over here. This thing's like a sack of concrete. So get ready. Look at him. See that? See that goyular scoop or that fork? That's his weapon. So what happens is when they collide out in the wild, they will hook each other right here and they'll start to truck towards each other. And they're trying to do what to each other? Oh yeah, baby. They're trying to flip each other over. Because what happens to a tortoise if he gets flipped over? (laughs) He's dead. He's going to die. Heat exhaustion, a predator. You see how his legs were dangling out? Help me, help me. (laughs) Yeah. You've heard of buffalo wings, right? I give you tortoise wings. (laughs) Yeah, that lion's gonna eat those legs right off. This creature is designed to stay on his belly, not on his back. Male tortoises have a swooped or concave bottom of their shell. Females are flat bottom. That's a different show for a different day. 
Um, the tortoise lives for a really long time, 80 to 100 years, 80 to 100 years. This creature I told you is the third largest type in the world. The Galapagos and the Aldabra are larger, but this creature has a very large menu. Every single day right now, especially in this 100 degree weather, every day he'll eat two large heads of romaine, one apple, one banana, one cucumber, a bell pepper, a cup of tortoise chow. And then whatever expensive fruit that we have on hand, you know, the fancy stuff, papaya, mango, peaches, nectarine, grapes, raspberry, blackberries, whatever's, he'll get a portion of the expensive. Yeah, these guys, they do really well. We do all our shopping at Costco. (laughs) Oh yeah, baby. Yeah, these, these guys do pretty well. Um, the Afri- Oh, he peed all over the place, Logan. <laughs> yeah, hey, man, it's about moving up the ladder, right? Hey, I'm moving up the ladder. He's starting out, right? I mean, that's how it works, right? For now. <laughs> He's not done? Okay. <laughs> well, you're going to be out here for a while. All right, so listen, you're, you're gonna hear me say the same thing that I did last year through this presentation and that God, our creator, our designer, not only did we sing out in that cute song that he knows what we need and he knew what he was doing when he designed us, that goes for everything that he created, my friends. He created everything to be what it is and do what it does. Is he done? <laughs> And that's what it's designed to do. Oh my goodness, it's like Falls Lake. <laughs> Wowzers. Okay, you know what? We'll, we'll get her done. Don't worry. Go ahead. <laughs> Good job, buddy. Just throw some more newspaper up there. 58 pounds. He's going to get up to 200 pounds. The third largest. That is large and in charge, my friends. A lot of people get these as pets. (laughs) I don't promote any wild exotic animal as a pet. No, I don't. You know, it's just, they they get very large. They're very expensive to care for. They they have very special needs. Like I said, a lot of our animals are rescued pets. This creature, I mean, he can't tolerate our North Carolina winters. So these creatures in the wintertime need a very large heated area. Oh my goodness. We're moving on to Jordan Lake. Wow, we went from falls. That's okay, Logan. Just put some newspaper over that. That's cool. I'll deal with it. This isn't my first rodeo. (laughs) Oh, that's great. Good job, buddy. Don't worry. There's only 2,000 people waiting for us. That's okay. Good. All right. Good job, buddy. You can go back. Thank you. So the African spur-thighed tortoise, designed not with his house, but with his protection, Very, very important. Lots of creatures in the wild of Africa will take him out. He's got these spurs on his thighs, also a form of protection, those spurs on his thighs. Because unlike turtles, God didn't design tortoises with the ability to close their shell. He can't close his shell, but if he is mad, upset, annoyed, he can pull himself into his shell. Get in there. Go, get in there. See, he can pull himself into a shell. You can tell he doesn't really want to because he's not afraid. <laughs> yeah, he's not afraid. Are you afraid? 
I know I'm not. <laughs> no, that wasn't him. That was me. Uh, I know you weren't fooled by that, were you? Yeah. The camera guy was. Um, no, listen, this, <laughs> this animal designed by God to be what it is and do what it does, it'll never be confused about that. It will never try to act like the next creature. Well, fortunately it won't because it would die <laughs> on its first attempt. But this next creature, like this tortoise, brings glory to God through its design. Wow. All over my pants. That's great. Hey, and we're all, we just started. Okay, but don't worry, we'll get through this. Don't worry. God has prepared me for this such time. <laughs> all right, so we'll put the tortoise back before he decides to go number two. That would be a problem. All right, where were we? Let me just start all over <laughs> with the rules. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, Logan, bring that trash can real quick or that trash bag so I can kind of regain control. This audience is getting ready to go crazy. <laughs> They're like, what is the deal? Okay, good job, buddy. Good job. Okay, take that backstage. Okay, wow. Good, yay, give it up for Logan. Hey, could you imagine me being alone, <laughs> dealing with that? Yeah, it's, uh, sometimes I do have to be alone. I, I'm a one-man van, but praise God for lots of children. <laughs> yeah, they're like, what are you building, a basketball team? I said, no, I don't need basketball. I got 56 animals. <laughs> All right, this next creature. Okay, we're going from a disgusting situation to an even more disgusting situation. So disgusting, I had to bring tonight my super duper pet Febreze. Yeah, pet odor eliminator. Yeah, I hope I don't have to use it. <laughs> um, I haven't fed him today yet because of this reason. But this is a very important animal to share with you because, you know, it brings this whole issue that we're in uh, to light. You know, it, it, uh, it really brings to light the problem that we're in. You see, because folks, we're in a battle. We're in a war and I'm not talking about the war that we're in. I'm not talking about the war in Afghanistan or Iraq. I'm talking about the war for our time. Yeah, for our time. You see, God designed us. Good job, Logan. Right up here, bud. Just a couple up here, heavier ones. God designed, you can take that, that tablecloth too. God, oh my goodness, he's starting already. We are in trouble. God designed this creature, like all creatures, to be what it is and do what it does. What does it do? Well, this animal, the vulture. The vulture, designed to eat ooh, yuck, dead, rotten flesh. This creature only eats dead, rotten. It's not a buzzard. A lot of people call it a buzzard. I, I think that comes from the old Bugs Bunny cartoon. Good job, that's enough. Thanks, buddy. Okay, good. The vulture from uh, the Bugs Bunny cartoon, Buzz the Buzzard. Yeah, he's not a buzzard, he's a vulture. A buzzard is a type of European hawk. This is like our turkey vulture. Our turkey vulture has an all red head, but it makes a big white V underneath. We also have the black vulture, black head, white tip on its beak. But the black vulture 
here in North Carolina, it's got a white spot on the end of each wing. This creature, like our turkey vulture, makes a big white V with its wings. A creature God designed with a sense of smell. Folks, only two types of bird in the world with a sense of smell. You've got the vultures, and then you've got the kiwi bird from New Zealand. They have a sense of smell. But listen, this vulture is not concerned with smelling the raspberries and blackberries that the next creature is going to enjoy. It does, it's not into smelling that. It doesn't smell the mangoes and papayas back at the farm. It doesn't smell the blueberry bushes in your yard. I saw that one coming. You know what you call that, right? Experience. Yeah. This creature God designed like all creatures to be what it is and do what it does. What is that? It soars around in the sky, smelling the air. It smells the air. That's what it does. It's not looking for food. It doesn't have powerful eyesight. Remember the owl that I brought last year? No sense of smell, but it's got a powerful sense of sight, right? By the way, our owl that we had here last year, his name was Eugene. I heard you had a great speaker this morning in church, huh? Got everybody fired up. All right. Well, too bad to have Eugene tonight, but Buzz, who's not a buzzard, he's designed to smell one thing, my friend, a component, a chemical called mercaptan. Mercaptan is a fancy word for a chemical that's put off by red meat, rotten. Yeah. Dead, rotten meat puts off a special chemical called mercaptan. And this creature is designed to smell that and get excited about it. (laughs) Imagine that. Yeah, this creature soars around all day long. And when he starts to circle, that's when they come across that scent. They'll circle. The stronger the scent, the tighter the circles, the lower he will come. They, they, uh, they're very social. God designed them to hang out in families so they'll help each other. They'll take up different altitudes, different size circles, and they'll continue to smell the air and come lower and lower until their vision kicks in and they can see it. My friends, that's not by random chance activity. I mean, this is a very complex creature. The tortoise, a very complex creature. This building, a very complex building. You never walk into this building and say, whoa, what happened? Look at this, this place happened by chance. You never do that, ever. When my son, Logan here, he's a big Lego guy. He loves Legos. He never walks out into the living room and dumps them out and pow, there's Legoland. Yeah, if you see a building, if you were there or not, you always know it's evidence of a builder. You see, the builder, Christ Jesus, knew exactly what this vulture would need in order to be successful and to do what it's designed to do and be what it's designed to be, therefore giving glory to God. That's what it does. 
Check this out. This is the South American vulture, yellow-headed vulture. But look what God gave him. You see, South America is closer to the what? The equator. Remember, this creature, in order to find its food, has to soar high in the sky in the hot sun. The equator is closer to the sun. This creature, God knew he would be able to do his job a little bit better if he blessed him with a built-in pair of what? What have we been using a lot lately? Well, I'm looking out at the audience and I'm seeing a lot of you with them still on your head. Sunglasses. What's a football player do on a hot summer day? Shiny day, sun's out. They put what? They put a grease mark, a black mark underneath their eye to keep the glare of the sun out. Right here's your original pair of sunglasses, my friend. On a vulture designed to be close to the sun near the equator in South America, soaring around in the sky. Is that by chance? You of little faith may call it by chance, but you that are worshiping the same God I am know that he can do anything he wants. He knows exactly what everything needs. He knows every hair on your head. And when every sparrow falls, you see the God that I worship, the triune God, the only true God of the Bible, he knows everything this creature needs to defend himself. Does he use talons like the owl does? No, he's not a bird of prey. Remember, he eats dead, rotten flesh. He eats dead, rotten flesh. This creature is an animal that will help an animal on its way out if he can. But for the most part, he only eats dead creatures. That's it. That's all. He doesn't have that powerful foot called a talon. God designed him to be a nester, a percher. He's a perching bird. He's a walking foot. Look at, oh, don't do that, please. Please don't do that. God designed vultures when they're upset, mad, or annoyed, which he's not, so I don't think he's doing that. But vultures, when they're mad, upset, annoyed, they will go, and they'll throw up all over the place. Oh, yeah, that's why I have this. <laughs> Are you Oh, that's called a roust. When birds shake their feathers and their wings out like that and shake their body, that's called rousting. That means they're very comfortable. I got a little alarmed and got the wet wipe ready because I saw him doing a little... <laughs> <laughs> Again, experience, right? Well, he's not mad, upset, or annoyed, so he's going to do the other deal that's pretty gross. But most of you associate with owls and not other birds that eat meat, like vultures or hawks or eagles. They do what's called casting. Yeah, they can't digest the feathers or the fur or the bones. So the next day, at some point during the day, They will throw up. Now, remember I told you that I didn't feed him today? I didn't feed him today on purpose because sometimes they just do it. I don't know where that's coming from, but it's not a casting and I'm hoping that he doesn't throw it up. They'll throw it up because that's their defense mechanism. It smells so bad. They're hoping whatever is scaring them runs the other way because then they'll hang out and do what? Finish the food. 
They'll finish the food. Now, it also helps them to lighten their load because flying takes a lot of energy. Why do you think God designed birds with hollow bones? That didn't happen by chance, my friend. Birds have hollow bones because it's easier for them to take flight. This creature right here will throw up because it smells so bad. He's hoping that animal runs the other way, but it also lightens his load so he can fly away faster. Now, is he gonna fly, fly away? Oh no, he's not gonna fly, fly away because remember, he lives in a hostile, sin-stricken environment where living in the wild is very, very difficult. You not only have to stress about feeding yourself every day, but you have to stress about what might be looking to feed upon you. So this creature will sit in the tree and watch and wait for that coyote or that fox to leave. And then it'll swoop back down. I told you it's the most disgusting animal in the world, right? One of them. Remember before I brought it out? Well, he'll swoop back down and not only will he go back and pick the rest of that carcass clean, but he'll even eat his own throw up. That's right. Hey, he doesn't have jive through Chick-fil-A out in the wild, my friend. No, he doesn't have Harris Teeter or Kroger. Okay. He's got a very hostile environment in which he has to deal with. So he has to eat everything possible. He has a bald head because what vultures will do after they're done eating. Now imagine they're walking around, stomping on, sticking their head in dead, rotten, maggot infested, German infested carcasses. Ooh, yuck. Aren't you glad I didn't come down there with this? (laughs) That would not be good, would it? This creature, he's got to clean himself up. He's got to clean himself up. So what they'll do in the wild, they will finish eating and then they will bask out in the hot sun. Do you wear a black shirt on a hot summer day or a light colored shirt? Light colored shirt, because otherwise we'll get really hot, right? Well, this creature, he wants to get really hot. He always backs his back up to the sun. For some reason, he won't face the sun, but he always backs his back up because it draws the heat from the sun and burns the bacteria off of his head. Now, his tail shades his legs and he doesn't have the ability to do this. He can't stick his leg out to the side. So he does something else that's so disgusting to to, to kill the bacteria off of his legs, but it's so disgusting. I can't even tell you. Are you sure? Okay, raise your right hand. Raise your right hand, especially you boys. I promise I will not try this at home because your mom and dad will call me if you do. And I got a big old alligator that's really, (laughs) vultures have the uncanny ability to actually pee down both legs. Their urine is so acidic. It's got so much acid in it that it burns the bacteria right off of his legs and keeps him healthy. An amazing animal. Even though it's, even though it's so disgusting, it brings glory to God through its design. I mean, look at its, uh, can you get the shot of its nares? Ah, just kidding. (laughs) 
<laughs> you see his nares here? This is what people would call his nose. That's the original spoiler right there. You know what a spoiler is, right? You think of a race car, that fin on the back, or you go out in the parking lot and see a lot of wannabe race cars. Yeah, they've got a spoiler on the back. That's for aerodynamic, um, whoa, <laughs> that's aerodynamic ability. They're, they're there to help the car go faster, to push the air a certain way. This creature, God designed with its own spoiler to push the air over its acute sense of smell. So it could smell that special chemical only put off by dead, rotten, whoa. Okay, he's not done. Oh! Hi, nice to meet you. <laughs> wow, that was gross. Okay, all right. Hey, we're going somewhere you're really gonna like this time. <laughs> I know. Up till now, it's been pretty disgusting. <laughs> but, but that's just, you know, that's what animals do, you know? They're, they're designed to do that, and that's just part of life, right? Uh, I guess it would be part of the curse if you really get down to it. This next creature, we're gonna go all the way to the fourth largest island to see. Now, I will warn you this. This has got to be the, the cutest animal that I have with me tonight. So I know that a lot of you are just going to be thrilled and excited that I'm coming down into the audience. But listen, again, none of these animals are my pets. They're wild animals and can be very dangerous. So in order for me to uh, come down into the audience, please, even though she's cute, fuzzy, furry and all that, don't reach out to her, okay? This, this is actually, believe it or not, tonight, the most dangerous animal I have with me. And you'll, you'll be like, whoa, you'll, you'll look at that. Uh, you'll look at this animal and go, whoa, this is a cute animal. I'd love to touch it. Whoa, it reeks up here, boy. Wow, I'm sorry about that. All right. The island, fourth largest island in the world. What is it? Very good, Madagascar. Let's go, yes. Let's go to Madagascar. Logan, you're gonna take all that stuff. I got that, I got that. You get the other stuff. Come on, Maddie. Good girl. We're going to Madagascar. And we're gonna see one of your favorite animals in the entire world. This, my friends, where you, are you camera? Show? Where'd you go? Where'd you go? Here you go, here you go, here you go. We're going to see an animal that's loved by many because of uh, movies, right? The Madagascar movies. Everybody's like, oh, King Julian. <laughs> no, <laughs> she's not going to bust out singing for you, but she will bust. Stay here, stay here, stay here. She's like, hmm, who's that? This is some of her favorite treats right here. Some here, right here. Look, some raspberries and blackberries. Oh, yeah. Oh, how about a? No, not going for it. This is an animal that God designed to be a big fruit eater, really big fruit eater. They call it frugarious. We're very blessed in this area um, because of uh, the Duke Primate Center. Uh, we have the Lemur Center close by. Amazing place. The original Zabumafu lives at the Duke Primate Center, a Sifaka, 
or uh, some people pronounce it shifaka. This is a black and white rough lemur, one of the two largest of the true lemurs, the other one being the red rough lemur. An amazing animal designed to not be terrestrial like the tortoise, but to be arboreal or tree-dwelling. God designed every creature to be what it is and do what it does because that's how it brings glory to God as the creator. You see, these animals are specially designed to fill the niche. You're not talking about random chance activity here, folks. You cannot show me anywhere in the world, past, present, or future, that we can say beyond a shadow of a doubt that disorder makes order does not happen. There's nothing orderly about disorder. You know, big bang, that kind of thing. You can never see an explosion and get some kind of order through it. It doesn't happen. You cannot look out into the wild that we can see with our own eye and see information being added. We only see information being dropped in creation. That's because we're winding down, my friends, not up. You see, God designed this creature to jump through the trees and do it really fast. I mean, it can jump 20 plus feet from tree to tree. Wow, it's got very powerful legs. Like our squirrel also has a nice fluffy, bushy tail, not a prehensile tail. A lot of people think this is a prehensile tail just because she can curl it like that. She doesn't have true muscles in the end of the tail that she can use her tail as another appendage or another hand, okay? She can't hang from her tail, but she does use this for balance. God designed her much like our squirrel. Our squirrels use their tail for balance when they jump tree to tree or tree to house or house to power line. Well, maybe not power line, but um, like a phone line. Yeah. And they run across there. They use this for balance. Lemurs are a type of primate, not a monkey, not an ape, but a prosimian, prosimian. And they run in big family groups. And when they find a, a source of fruits, or, or, or some type of good leafy greens that they can feed on or forage on, they will, they will stay in that area. But three or four other lemurs will watch out while everybody else is eating. And then they'll switch out. They take turns. But the lookouts, the three or four lemurs that are watching out, what are they watching out for? Predators. That's right. They're watching out for predators, my friend. This creature will begin to eat and then look up eat and look up. They'll eat and look up at the guards, always watching the tail. Because if a big giant python comes into the, the, the territory or a bird of prey begins to, to circle above or a fusa, or some people pronounce it fossa comes lurking about, the guards will begin to twitch their tail. Something like this. Oh no. Bird of prey, six o'clock, run, 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 run. <laughs> yeah, nonverbal communication. Yeah, they will start twitching their tail and they'll all scatter. They also have a very amazing vocalization. Not sure if she'll do it for us before I leave with her tonight, but um, I will try to get her to do that. This is the only animal I know for a fact I'm allergic to. Um, 
And that's why I also like to brush her. I like to brush her also because she loves to be brushed. I mean, primates are very, very social. And this is kind of like, um, you know, you getting a, a, um, a hug from your mom or dad. You know, it's a, just a sign of um, relaxing and contentment, security kind of thing. Come here. Mm-hmm. No, come over here. Come here. Let's get a better angle here. Your, your rear ends to the camera. Good. Right here. Here. She really likes it right here. Yeah, she really likes it there in the armpit. Now that would tickle me all the way back to Wake Forest, but yeah, she really, she digs it. She digs it right there. Here, let's see if she'll do that. Yeah, (laughs) told you. She's no dummy, (laughs) but she's not in our family tree. I can tell you that because the most important book you could ever read in your life says so. First chapter of Genesis, verse 26, God has already created everything in six days. And at the end of that sixth day, he says, let us create man in our image. Eric, could you throw, uh, start throwing some of those primate shots up here? Let me show you some of the experience I've had. This is Louie. Louie is a, a chimp that I worked when I used to do movie and television work. At, during uh, this picture right here was when we were filming that movie that you can go to Blockbuster and rent. It's called MXP, Most Extreme Primate. Louie uh, was a snowboarder. <laughs> yeah, and he loved to snowboard. Let me tell you, it was crazy. Never seen anything like it. But Louie there, he is six years old. That's a six-year-old ear from a chimpanzee. Let's see another one. This is Bailey. Bailey is an eight-year-old orangutan. Now, just so you know, if that would have been the chimp ear next to my thumb, like I'm doing here, that chimp ear would be about that big, right? It'd be huge compared to an eight-year-old. Six-year-old chimp, eight-year-old orangutan. Their ears not only look more like ours, they're more in proportion to ours compared to the chimpanzee. Let's see a hand. Good girl. Good girl, Maddie. Look at that. That's that eight-year-old orangutan hand next to my hand. Okay? What do you see on that orangutan hand? Just say it. You see a palm print. Somebody said, stay, stay. You see, somebody saw it over here. You see a palm print. Um, fingerprints, go to the, go to the chimpanzee hand. Wow. That's a big one too. Look at that. Look at my fingers down there at the bottom. That's that six year old chimp. That's a huge hand. Seven to nine times our strength pound for pound. My friends, we're not in the image of this creature. No, we have similarities because we have the same designer, plain and simple. Don't be confused about that because if you're confused about that, that is the enemy working in your life, not our heavenly father, our creator. You see, my heavenly father, my creator is not the author of confusion. My creator designed everything to be what it is and do what it does. This creature right here being tree dwelling, it has four hands. Now I know this looks like your dad's foot, but I can assure you that your daddy can't do this by his toes. Now, if your daddy can do that by his toes, you need to see me after the presentation. I think we can make some money. No, uh, no, listen, this isn't, a, this isn't a foot at all. 
It's another set of hands, my friends. The feet are designed for what? Walking. What am I doing? I'm walking around. This creature will come down to the forest floor, but it's really designed to live in the trees, hang out in the trees. And let me tell you, you boys and girls think you can run fast up and down this, this gym? I know you can because I used to be there and I have kids that are there. I know you can run fast on this gym floor when there's no chairs. But let me tell you, can you imagine running that fast through the trees? Wow. Our creator, our savior knows exactly what these creatures need to be what they are and do what they do and do that really well. Can I go there? This creature has those powerful hands for feet because that's what God designed it to be and do. It's designed to hang out. It can forage while hanging in the trees, upside down, to get to pluck something out of your ear. What an amazing creature. I mean, check that out. Look at that. Just don't look her in the eye. <laughs> I'm just kidding. This creature, you guys are lucky you're that far in. Uh, this animal, God created, He designed. He pre-programmed it to do what it does, and it does that well. Folks, all of these animals, the same thing applies to. But here's the scoop. Being that they're not like you and me, created in God's image according to his likeness, you see, they're very different than us in the fact that they don't have a choice. This creature has to be what it is and do what it's designed to do. Because that's how it brings glory to God. I mean, that's the whole purpose. You know, a lot of people, even Christians walk around daily, day to day, and they bump into the wall going, wow, what's all this for? Why am I here? Folks, you're here for the same purpose that this animal is here. Only you are far more complex than this animal. You're here because God wants you to be here. And you're here because like the animals, God wants you to bring glory to him. But it's a bit more complex now, isn't it, than that? It sure is. It sure is more complex because, because no animal, no other part of creation except for you and me can tout that we're created in the image of God. According to his likeness, that is serious, folks. That is really serious. You see, this creature right here, it will, it will build a nest, a new nest each and every day. But it'll never be a two-story nest with a swimming pool out back. No, it'll be the same nest that God pre-programmed it to build or design. That's all it'll be, and that's all it'll ever be. You see... That vulture will only smell mercaptan. Not even live flesh. It'll be dead. It, you know, when I was introduced, um, really, I, I wanted to be introduced as a, a, just a guy with a cool job that loves Jesus. Because that's all I am. I'm very flattered to be asked to come here once, let alone a second year in a row. Especially when I look at the lineup of uh, great godly men that, that are speaking before me and after me. I mean, I, it's like, wow, you know, God, it, it's all about you because that's what it is. It's not about Dan, the animal man. 
But I will tell you this, that, you know, we're in this war about where we came from, what it's all about, because it is a war. It's a spiritual war, my friend. It's a spiritual war, good versus evil. And you see, the bottom line is that if you're confused about where we came from, if you have a problem holding on to this book and stating boldly that you believe it from the very first verse to the very last verse, every book and every detail, you see, God calls us to walk by faith, not by sight. Tonight, I've given you sight. I've given you sight. I mean, think about the vulture. You can't argue with that. It's a built-in pair of sunglasses. I mean, it's not a coincidence. This animal has fingerprints and palm prints, like those chimps and orang pictures that I just showed you. Fingerprints and palm prints. It's not because we came from them. It's because we have the same designer. The crop duster airplane didn't evolve into the 747 even though they've got the same characteristics, they've got landing gear and a cockpit and wings. Here we go with this thing again. <laughs> it's got all that. But you know what? They've got the same designer. God wants us to walk by faith, not by sight. Well, where is the problem? Where is the problem? The problem is that terrible spiritual disease that I mentioned about earlier called sin. That spiritual disease that separates us from our creator and savior. It creates that void in between that separates us from God. But you see, that's not what God wants. God wants to know us personally. And because of that, he gave his only begotten son. So anyone who believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. It's the cure to the disease that we have. It's what bridges the gap between us and God. It's a cure that you can't earn tomorrow at work. You can't, um, you can't go to the doctor and get a prescription and hope to get it filled at Walgreens or Rite Aid. It's not something that you can stop at the convenience store or the gas station on the way home and buy a lotto ticket and hope to win. This cure... His name is Jesus, and he provided that cure on the cross for all those who would submit to him and ask for forgiveness. It's a free gift, but part of the war is to keep you from accepting that free gift. Part of the war, and where does that war come in? That war comes in in the Bible, when Adam and Eve disobeyed the one rule that we know of that God gave them, do not eat from that tree. Now, here comes a new character into the scene. And what does that new character say? Ah, God doesn't want you to eat from that tree because then you'll be like what? Like him. And how is he? He's perfect. I'm looking for something else. He is perfect. He's almighty. But see, this is, the, this is the point right here, my friend. And this is where it all comes tumbling down. He just doesn't want you to be like him, all knowing. All knowing, my friend. 
Brace yourselves because I'm going to land this plane with the most feared animal in the entire world. Just to make this transition a little easier on those of you that might have a weak heart or might be really deathly afraid of this creature, don't worry, I'm a professional. (laughs) Besides, I'm fully licensed and insured. I will keep control of this creature the entire time. I'm not going to throw him on you, that lady out there right there. Yep, I see you. No, I'm just kidding. Your husband told me where you were sitting. (laughs) He's like, come over here. No, I'm just joking. He didn't say that. No, listen, this creature, the most feared animal in the entire world. Now, the spider is the second most feared. I don't get that. (laughs) I mean, really, I don't get it. I mean, we have some giant tarantulas, huge. But still... I don't get it, man. Now, this animal I can understand just because of the biblical principle that it brings up, where it brings, you know, it's a, it's a constant reminder of the worst day the world has ever seen. Let's see a couple of those shots here. Let me tell you what's going on here. See a couple of those pics I brought for you. You know, I was sitting in church today and pondering what I was going to say to you, what I was going to bring. And, you know, I knew I was going to bring one of these. Fortunately, not this one. (laughs) This is a buddy of mine's albino monocle cobra. I worked this cobra in 2005 on The Tonight Show with Jay Leno and learned a very important lesson that night. Don't preset the snake in the basket behind the desk because the band is so loud, the snake will get very upset. Yeah. Hey man, I didn't say I was perfect, right? <laughs> yeah, the snake was not happy that night. So yeah, it was it made for a very interesting um if you saw that that night, you saw me going ah! No, just kidding. <laughs> kind of like that, kind of like that. But I didn't bring him, so you don't have to worry about him. But I'm going to come back to him and tell you about that monocle cobra. Let's go to this next one. This is a scene from um I think it's volume two that's just about ready to come out. This is Dr. uh, Job Martin and I um, in Creation Proclaims. This is filmed on my property, and um, hopefully it'll be out soon. This is my Mojave rattlesnake, um, really the deadliest rattlesnake in North America. It's uh, got a double uh, toxin called hemotoxin and neurotoxin. it's, It's really, really gnarly. Yeah, it's kind of like one of those two-step snakes. You know, you get bit, you get two steps. No, I'm just kidding. It's not quite like that. And, and I didn't bring him. But here's his, here's his fangs. Go ahead and show that one, this shot. There's his fangs. Pretty frightening. But here's what I haven't told you. That night that I was on The Tonight Show with Jay Leno and that Mojave rattlesnake that I showed you, that's, an, that's right there is an eastern diamondback rattlesnake. That's not even that Mojave. All three of those snakes that I've shown you pictures of and I've worked on Regis and Kelly, Good Morning America, Leno, Letterman, none of them had a spot drop of venom in them. No, they're what we call venomoids. That's horrible, isn't it? Don't you feel like you just saw a really cool magic trick and then learned how it was happened? <laughs> Yeah, how it's done? Well, listen, I'm here to tell you something. You can't always believe what you see on TV, reading newspapers. It's all hype. You know, we want you to get excited. We want you to get excited about that animal. 
I didn't say it was venomous. I didn't say it wasn't. But when you see reality TV, is it really real? No, folks. I'm here to tell you something real simple. That the only thing that you can 100% trust in this sick, falling world, this dying world, is the truth that's in this book right here. And that that is that Jesus Christ, our creator, designed everything to be what it is and do what it does because it brings glory to God by being that. He designed you and you and you all different with special gifts and talents. He knows you better than your own mom and dad do. And he designed you with special DNA that gives you a special gift and talent that he wants to exploit in your life to bring him glory. But you see, all this talk about this snake, why in the world is it the the most feared animal in the entire world? It's not because it's the most dangerous, friend. Those venomous snakes that I just showed you pictures, not a single one of those venomous snakes are out there actively looking for a person to bite. Now, you come back here to North Carolina where we have water moccasins or cotton mouse. Well, we don't have a lot of them, by the way, but that is a very territorial snake. That is a snake that will look you up and come after you. There's not very many of those types of snakes in the world. Most snakes want to go about their own business. They don't want anything to do with you. But I'm telling you, it's the most feared animal in the entire world because of what it represents. It represents the worst day the world has ever seen. When death and suffering entered the world after Adam and Eve disobeyed, after Adam and Eve disobeyed the only rule that we know that God gave him. Oh, wow, this is cool. So listen, at the last minute, I switched up snakes. I have a snake that's double the size that I was going to bring. Now, not that I have to, because this snake's still impressive. (laughs) I got to get that through my head, though, because when you have a snake that's twice the size, you tend to look at this and go, it's like a little earthworm. (laughs) Yeah, I'm serious. You know, why bring a little alligator when you can bring a big one, (laughs) right? Well, the reason I brought this snake is because the other snake, the green one, the green Burmese python, instead of the albino Burmese python, is further, um, or it's deeper in its shed mode. When snakes get into their shed mode, they get very cranky, especially when the temperature is 100 plus degrees outside. Their, their eyes cap over and they can't see very well. This snake is about four days ahead of the other snake. Four days ahead. I just pulled it out of the crate. When I put it in there today, it was not, it had not began to shed. Now it has began to shed. So if you can get a good shot of that over here on its left side of its face, it's, um, it's getting ready to shed. What happens is that's the only time that snakes are slimy. Right now to the touch, He is not slimy, but as he gets this shed going, his body will begin to secrete a goo, a little bit of a slime. And what it does is it separates the skin from the new skin, and then he's able to slither out of the shed, and it comes off like if you take your sock off and it comes inside out, and then your mommy gets mad because you don't turn it back. Yeah. 
Um, that's how they shed their skin. It's kind of like a sock coming off inside out. Now, only because I've been handling him and just pulled him out of his crate, he's got a little bit of a tear up here on his shed. Now, a good sign that a snake is not healthy is when it sheds in pieces. A shed, a snake, a healthy snake should shed in one nice big piece. That means it's healthy. This will be one nice big piece um, other than that little area that I bumped as I was pulling him out of his enclosure. An albino Burmese python, an animal that's, that's the most feared animal due to the fall. You see, think about it. Adam and Eve, they were beguiled by the serpent. The serpent said to them, oh, God doesn't want you to eat from that tree because then you'll be like him, all knowing. Who doesn't want to be knowledgeable, huh? There's nobody here that doesn't want to be right when they're talking about something. We all want to be correct, right. We all want to be acknowledged for what we know. This creature right here, this creature is, is cursed, not because it's bad. I, I challenge you, open your Bible up and look at the first chapter of Genesis. There should not be an asterisk or a footnote down at the bottom after he says that he created everything that creeps on the earth and it was good, okay? There's no footnote that says everything except for the snake, <laughs> okay? This creature is good. It's a good animal. We need this animal. Now, if you're one of those folks that are afraid of the, the uh, uh, cotton mouth or the uh, I don't blame you there, but um, how about the copperhead? A copperhead's a very common rattlesnake that we have around here. Um, the copperhead, you know, take it out if you're worried about it. I'm not, hey man, people are far more important than animals. I love animals. I love to work animals, train animals. I love to teach people about animals. I love the way they taste, um, you know. <laughs> okay, but listen, I'm not of the mindset, save the trees and kill the children, my friends. You hear what I'm saying? Animals are important. God calls us to be good stewards of his creation. We can use it, not abuse it. But we have a problem. We have a war going on, friends. The war for the truth. The truth is right here. But even in the church... Even in the church, many of the church don't want to just have this. They want to add this, a lie, a lie. What is that lie? Well, most people only know it by its abbreviated um, title. This is the worst $6 I ever spent in my life. I'll tell, you the, I'll, I'll tell you the title that people know it by after I tell you the rest of the title that people don't know about. By means of natural selection, or, this is the, this is the entire title, by means of natural selection or the preservation of favored races in the struggle for life. The first part of the title, the origins of species. Charles Darwin, a book packed of lies, confusion, deceit that belongs nowhere near this, my friend. Because if you add this to this, as I once did as a young buck, you know, when you know everything, 17, 18, 19 years old, 
went to college, had it shoved down my throat even more, right? This doesn't fit in here, folks. If you put this in here, you make my God, the only true God, a small God. My God's not small. My God doesn't need millions and millions of years. He says he did it in six days. He could have done it in six seconds. He could have done it in no time at all because my God, the only true God, the triune God, God the Father, God the Son, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, my, my God could do it in no time at all. Oh, you can't fathom that, can you? Folks, we can't even fathom what he's revealed to us, let alone what he hasn't revealed to us. You see, it's not about figuring him out. By the way, if, if any man or woe man can figure out God and how he did everything, then he's not big enough to be my God. And that's a fact. You see, this creature right here was used as a pawn to spread a lie. The same lie, you can have all the knowledge, you can be like him, all-knowing, is repackaged right here, my friend. And you can trace a lot of the things that the world's going through right now, right here, to this book right here. Because this book right here is what the enemy is using to infiltrate this book and lead a lot of people down the wrong road. This creature, uh, you've heard the parable of uh, the good seed and the bad seed, right? The wheat and the tares. Wheat, tares, right here, friend. And it's being pushed into our children every single day. Here's the truth, friend, is that God wants to know you in a personal way. And he gave you an ability, a gift and a talent. You might be sitting there saying you don't know what that is. Well, this is what I'll say to you. Change your prayer life. If you don't know what God gifted you to do in this world, to his glory, to reach people with the truth, then I, I challenge you to pray differently. Pray for closed doors. Pray for open doors. Let me ask you this. Are you the one sitting there that doesn't know how God wants to use you in your life? Are you the one sitting there that doesn't know what it is he wants to use you and how? Let me ask you, are you feeding on God's word daily? You see, because this right here isn't just for Sunday and Wednesday. You see, God designed this for us, not the lemur, not the chimpanzee. I filmed all those movies where he plays ice hockey, skateboards, snowboards. The last movie I did, he was a spy that did martial arts. He reads in some, is he really reading? No, and he'll never be able to read. This snake will never be able to read God's word. It's not designed for that. What happens, boys and girls, when we go to school and we read lots of books? We feed our what? Our brain. And when we feed our brain, we gain what? Knowledge. And when we gain knowledge, what does that knowledge represent? Power. That's right. You hear that little kid? Power. Power, my friends. I'm here to talk to you about the most powerful knowledge a person could ever gain. And that's the truth through God's word. The truth that he wants to know you in a personal way and use you. But because of that spiritual disease, my friend, you're different from this animal. This animal has to be what it is and do what it's designed to do. But you don't. 
Jesus has his arms wide open and he wants you to run right towards him. But you don't have to. You can choose to rebel and run the other way. The snake will never do that. He'll never wake up tomorrow and go, ah, they passed new laws in Florida. Now they won't be releasing us out in the Everglades. (laughs) He won't be upset about the oil spill. He won't be upset about taxes or health care. He will always get up, even in captivity, where he doesn't really belong. He'll still bring glory to God by being what he is and doing what he does. But you and I can rebel. We can run the other way and act like a fool. That's not what he wants. And that's why Jesus paid the price that he did so we could be forgiven and we can grow towards him, to him, like him. But we have to start here and here and praise and worship through music as these children did before we started. And that will make us want to come here to church for the right reason, to grow even further towards him and help each other. That's what it's about, folks. It's not, it's not about goo to you. If you see a painting, whether you were there or not, you always know it points to a painter, just like creation points to a creator. God bless you and thank you for your time.